Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast show, a podcast that helps foster respect through inclusion, service, and equity. Now here's your host, Stacey Hegarty. Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast. I'm Stacey Hegarty, Vice President of Equity and Inclusion for Envision Rise. Joining me today is Amy Isley, Program Manager for Shares, Inc. Amy, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we are very excited to hear more about Shares, Inc. So for our listeners, if you haven't heard of them before, they provide services and support for people with disabilities. An important piece of that is inclusion in the community. So Amy, talk to me. Tell me about Shares, Inc., the people you're working with, and how what you're doing is helping them feel more included in the community. Absolutely. Well, so first of all, I've been with Shares Incorporated for just over 18 years. I'm a program manager and I oversee and manage individual performance goals for the participants that are in the program. Shares was actually incorporated back in, I want to say 1978, when Shelby County and Hancock County kind of joined together to form Shares Incorporated. It wasn't until about maybe four or five years after that, that the ARC, who was overseeing a program in Rush County, asked Shares Incorporated to take over that. So that's how we became involved with Rush County as well. So we service Rush, Hancock, Shelby for our pre-vocational programs. But when it comes to community employment, we have folks in Kokomo, Marion County, Bartholomew, Johnson, Shelby, Raj, Hancock, really, we're not limited to just the initial three placements. So that's a lot of, for those who are listening that may not be familiar with the area, that's a lot of central Indiana. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We're one of the few organizations that do have the ability to offer paid work opportunities to our participants. And so that's one of the reasons that we probably stand out the most when it comes to those providers that are similar to us is that, you know, we just have the ability to offer that opportunity, whereas most of the workshops or other day service providers don't have that. So tell me about your participants. Who are they? How do they find you? How do you work to connect with them and to figure out what opportunities are best for them and how they can make the most of their time with Sharesync? So they come from everywhere. So a lot of our participants are going to be coming to us from the school system. So we're working with the schools and focusing on those individuals that for whatever reason, don't necessarily want to immediately start their career in the community doing some sort of employment. We have folks that mom and dad have heard of us through the grapevine, and so we get referrals that way. And we also get referrals from case managers. So those come from, I guess I should back up and say that everybody that comes here is going to be on a waiver. And so anybody that has a waiver has a case manager, and those case managers then refer to us. So you're serving a community of disabled people. And I would assume that, you know, disabilities show up in a lot of different ways, whether that's a mental disability, a physical disability, or an emotional disability. Is there a particular group that you are most frequently working with, or is it as diverse as the individuals themselves? is diverse, but one thing, you know, everybody has in common is that there is a developmental disability of some sort. So that could be, you know, somebody may have, when they were a kid, 
maybe they had a traumatic brain injury, or there are folks that come here from nursing homes. So it's all walks of life. And we just want to give everybody the opportunity to have a meaningful day. And whether that includes paid work opportunities or ultimately getting a job in the community, we want people to increase their life skills. So there are lots of folks that have nothing to do with our pre-vocational program. They're here learning life skills. Let's talk about the different kinds of programs that Shares Inc. runs, because it's not just getting people ready to go into the workforce in whatever way that that looks. There's a lot of different things that Shares Inc. does to help provide support for people with disabilities. So let's talk about what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one thing that people think of when Shares Incorporated comes to mind is our pre-vocational services. And that's our workshops that are, you know, getting work that has been outsourced from other companies and working on those jobs, getting a paycheck. That's a very small part of what it is we offer. There's also adult daily living skills. So this is going to be for those folks that they're in the workshop learning pre-vocational skills. But in addition to learning those sorts of skills, they also want to learn cooking basics or how to do laundry care, those sorts of things. In addition to that, we also have our VIP program. And so the VIP program is very similar to just our pre-voc program, except it's just what it says. It's more vocationally intensive. So the biggest difference with that program is the ratio will be less. So less staff to participant ratio. So we typically work at a 10 to 1 ratio in our workshop. But in these classes, we never have any more than 4 to 1. What are the participants learning in these classes? So it can be just about anything. Everybody's goals are individualized. So everybody has a team and on that team is going to be a program manager like myself. It's going to be their case manager. It's going to be their guardians if they have one. And it could be residential providers if they're living in a residential setting. And so we all get together with the participant, of course, to try and figure out what this person's life goals are. You know, you want to talk about the big dream and then you can kind of whittle that down and start working on the baby steps to one day get there. And that's throughout any program that Shares Incorporated offers. So in addition to the VIP program, the Prevoke program, the classes that are offered, just adult daily living skills, we also have an OBRA program. And that is for folks that are living in nursing facilities. So that is a requirement to enter that program. And those folks, we provide that service at our facility and not in there. So it's a way to get those folks out. We take them on outings, community integration, and again, offer all the classes and stuff that anybody could possibly want. But monitoring, training, education, and support just to assist with the acquisition and the retention of skills such as you know leisure activities, educational activities, and even hobbies for them. I want to say the last program that we have is one of our most important programs. They're all very important, but community employment is the ultimate goal for a lot of our folks with the dream of one day working out in the community and, you know, affording those things that you and I may take for granted. So community employment helps get participants and also those that aren't utilizing shares. You don't have to be a participant in our pre-vocational program to be involved in community employment. So it's a huge program that is wonderful. It's doing great things in our community. 
Tell me more about community employment. So what kinds of roles and jobs are people taking on? Is this full-time? Is this part-time? How are they being supported in the workforce to create an equitable experience for people with disabilities? Absolutely. So community employment is going to be, they're going to assist in identifying the ideal job match between individual interests, abilities, and work opportunities. They're going to give on-the-job trainings, ongoing assistance, counseling, and then decision-making along with continued consultation. Amy, what kinds of jobs can people expect to be performing? Let's start with the pre-vocational program. What kind of work will people be doing as part of that? And are they paid for the work? How does that work? And then let's look at when people are going into community employment, what kinds of jobs they're normally getting. So here in the facility, we're going to be doing all sorts of packaging, assembling, kitting. When we do various packets for corporations, we put those things together for them. So it could be numerous things that they're potentially working on. One of the biggest jobs that we have going on right now is through Purdy Rollers, P-U-R-D-Y. So our participants have been working hard to package those various size of paint rollers for that company. We also are doing a lot of nut cap assembly for another automaker. And then we also have the share shredding side of it. So you're also always going to see things that are needing to be shredded, needing to be sorted, and that's mainly by color and by type of paper. Now, when it comes to getting a job out in the community, obviously that's going to look different. But the idea is that you're learning skills that you can transfer out to the community. And so one of the most successful stories here is of a participant named Dean. And so Dean used to work for one of our subsidiaries and had some health issues that came up. And so he ended up not being able to continue working there. Once he got his health kind of under control, he then wanted to come to our pre-vocational program to just get back in the swing of things, the groove of working, you know, eight to four or similar hours. So it wasn't too long after Dean started back up in our workshop, he referred himself to community employment through the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. And so he's a success story in the fact that Not only was he able to get a wonderful job out in the community, but he has opened up doors for other participants like him to have that opportunity to work at this particular place. So what he does is he's on a machine all day long, just like most people at this place are. And he is working three eight-hour days. Obviously, that's part-time. And so one of the things that we have to keep in mind when participants with disabilities who are on the Medicaid waiver, we cannot go over a certain threshold of earnings. And so it's important that that person's team is able to make sure that that person is maximizing the time that they can at their community employment job, but also we don't want to jeopardize their benefits. So there is a fine line of how much somebody can work, but Dean is doing wonderful. He's maxing out. He's working as the most that he can, and he actually is the first part-time employee that this company has ever hired. So that was big news for us. It was a big reason we were able to get our foot in the door with them and just tell them about our organization, what we do. And Dean has worked there now for several years. And ultimately, his goal was once to get a community employment job, maintain it, which he's done, 
Now they're looking for ways to allow Dean and his wife to purchase a home without jeopardizing either of the benefits that they receive. That's amazing. I was just wondering, and maybe you can expand on this a little bit, you sort of answered it already. Let's say there's an employer in the community that wants to start providing employment opportunities for SHARES participants or other people with disabilities. What advice do you have for them? Wow. Well, first I would say reach out to us. Our executive director, Ryan Bethel, is always available to discuss those sorts of things with potential companies. You know, I would just emphasize that the benefit to adding somebody with a disability to your employment roster is huge. And there's more benefits than there are cons. I think a lot of people kind of go towards stigmas and want to steer away from workers with disabilities. But now's the time. You know, we're in a hiring crunch. Companies need more workers. And so, you know, I would urge any company who is willing to consider the idea of hiring an employee with disabilities to give us a call because it truly is remarkable how it can change the company for the better and also change the other employees' perspectives when it comes to those with disabilities. Tell me about that a little bit. I think I know, but I'd like to hear from you. How does having a fellow employee with a disability change the culture of an organization and change the experience for other workers who may not have disabilities and maybe don't have a lot of interaction with someone with a disability? Absolutely. So one of the things is, you know, you are always aware of maybe certain accommodations that somebody may need. I think when somebody says accommodation that they immediately think of money and, you know, expenses when that in reality isn't the case. You know, it may just be this person needs five extra minutes of break time, simple things like that. Yeah, I think you bring up an excellent point that for a lot of organizations, the fear of What is this going to cost in terms of a reasonable accommodation as outlined by the ADA or anything else? So that people tend to back off a little bit, worrying that, oh my gosh, you know, this is going to cost me more than I'm expecting for a part-time employee. I think that that's a very common way of thinking. When in reality, there have been multiple studies done that have shown that when given the opportunity employers that hire those with disabilities, they are more loyal than those without, which is interesting, but it's true. You will not find any more loyal employees than those that uh, individuals with disabilities. They do not take for granted the opportunities that come their way. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I know my neighborhood grocery store hires a lot of people with various disabilities to do stock work, bag work, those kinds of things. And the grocery industry is notorious for very high turnover a lot of times. It's a first job for a high school student, something like that. And these folks have been working there since before I lived in the neighborhood 10 years ago. So they're extremely loyal. They are really just an absolute delight because Everyone in the neighborhood, it's a neighborhood grocery store. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. And I'll tell you what, they're the most happiest workers. You know, I get to come to work every day and I'm given the opportunity to not take for granted what it is that I have been dealt with. These guys are so happy to be here and so happy to be able to 
live their dreams. And that's what we want. We want them to accomplish their dreams and we're here to help with them. Well, Amy, we're coming close to the end of our time here, but I do want to give you an opportunity to let folks know how they can get involved with Shares Inc. if they are in the central Indiana area or how they can find similar providers in their own region. So I would say definitely check out our website, www.sharesinc.org. It's got lots of information, not only for companies who are looking to outsource some of their work to us, but also for parents, guardians, residential providers, or other social service providers in the area. Tons of information you can get directly linked up with whatever department head it is that you're seeking out. And I would say that would be the best way to contact us. Fantastic. Well, Amy, thank you so much for sharing about Shares Inc. with us. It's an incredible organization. I hope all of our listeners will take a moment to check it out. And for more information, you can go to sharesinc.org. And for more information on Envision Rise, you can go to envisionrise.com. Thanks so much, Amy. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, diversity and inclusion should not be treated as a one-off initiative. And so with your help, we can get this message to more people. Subscribe, rate, and review the show and be a part of making a difference because it starts with you.